What the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to the Great Girth Podcast. One half your favorite fat duo here with the other half, Austin Rawlson, sir. How are you? You're good. You're good. Just had county assemblies and so we all know who's actually made the ballot. So it's going to be interesting. Sounds exciting. Sounds like you've been pretty fucking busy. Dude, I got to, I was supposed to be charged with teller committee. So I'm like the guy to count all the votes and everything. So right. um, the chair is supposed to have like a whole packet for me. Ballots, pens, forms, everything. She lost it. So I had to create a whole new packet for voting for like 250 people in 15 minutes. Austin's like, you lost it. You fu- <laughs> you don't fucking <laughs> it was it was maybe the top five most stressed out I've ever been in my entire life dude I was stressed out the other night because I know how stupid this sounds this doesn't even compare to like what you went through but essentially I saw that um, Spider-Man No Way Home was available to purchase online yeah yeah, and I was like pretty low on money, and I was like, "Fuck! If I don't get it, I'm not gonna be able to watch it." And then <laughs> I was like, "What do I do?" So I had to wait till payday. Finally struck, and I was like, "I'm gonna buy it right away." Went to buy it, my card was declined. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" My bank thought it was like fraud. I had to call them and be like, "What the fuck?" And like, they're oh, it'll take 24 hours for you to be able to use your card again. And I was like, "You fucking assholes." So I did go on PayPal and do it that way, but I got it and I watched it again and it was still amazing. Yeah, what is it? Oh, dude, it's time for a new bank. I fucking hate this one. Been trying to pay bills all week and it's like, like fraud. Mm-mm. I see is red flags green, here. Is it the green one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the worst bank I've ever used in my entire life. They're that sucks too. My, they hold my paycheck like every single time sucks balls dude because um it has the name west in it so you would think that that would be great <laughs> fucking sucks it's one of the worst i've the, had shitty banks that one sucks and they have the worst customer service of all time it takes an hour and 15 minutes to call the you call to talk to anybody and i call dude, I was, i'm also a navy federal i call navy federal dude immediately they answer the phone Almost no time, almost never on hold for more than five, six minutes. Then they fix my problem immediately. Oh, dude, my shit's like being stuck in fucking purgatory. I hate it so much, man. And, like, you know what's gay is, like, uh, if a charge isn't supposed to go through on my account, it'll still go through regardless. No matter what I've told them, like, don't do it, it still goes through. And I'm like, you guys are some idiots. But you know what I found to be worse than that bank? Fucking CenturyLink, dude. I finally upgraded to, like, the fastest Wi-Fi possible. Xfinity, right? Got it all set up. It was great. I even got my first month for a dollar. Um, went to go cancel CenturyLink, dude. I called Thursday. They're unable to take my call because they're flooded. Call back tomorrow. I was like, wow, that's ir- irresponsible and unprofessional. Called back Friday. They're flooded with calls, and their systems are down for upgrades. Call back on Monday. The bill is due Thursday, dude. I'm going to take, like, my payment method off so they can't charge anything. And then when they reach out to me, like, what's going on? I'll be like, I'm trying to cancel this bullshit. 
it even tells me how on the app. So I click on cancel, like connect or disconnect service, takes me to the website. Website goes, you can do it on the app. And I was like, that's not working. So I tried it on the website and it's like, disconnect here and type in your case number. Did that. And it's like, call one of our agents. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm in like going in circles and shit, dude. It's been pissing me off. And my, my internet's working great, dude. This computer sucks though. This computer blows that I'm on. It's like the slowest ever, but the Wi Fi is fast. Um, aside from that, I'm happy to faster Wi Fi. Are you paying a bunch extra for it to be faster? Mm, not kind of, not really. Like, uh, my Wi Fi with X or with a uh, CenturyLink was like 50 a month. Right now it's 80 with Xfinity, but it'll be 100 by the end of the year. But I also got this thing called a Flexbox. And I got some X-Fi shit or whatever. So, I mean, it's great, dude. I can have up to, like, 15 devices. Xfinity's the best. Did you sign the contracts? Oh, yeah. I 100% did. So, I'm, like, I'm locked in. CenturyLink was pay-as-you-go. That's why it probably blew. And my speeds were only, like, 40. With Xfinity, I got, like, 1,200. I don't have a a contract with um, Xfinity. Well, the only reason I signed it was because that was the deal with uh, Dollar for the first month. Right. And then I can lease all the shit and not pay up front. Because I did that with Xfinity or with CenturyLink. So it was pay as you go, no contract. And I bought the stupid router or modem thing like in full. So that's mine. They're not getting that back. I paid for that. But my service with them is done. I turned that shit off, unplugged it. Man, I haven't, I put it in my fucking closet. It's collecting dust as we speak. I'll probably use it as something for something else later down the road because it's actually a good modem. But, dude, CenturyLink is gay. I'll say it like forty mega speeds or whatever it was compared to twelve hundred and unlimited. Like you can't beat that. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just pay the extra. I don't even care. They were gonna actually make my bill cheaper if I did a cable and a phone. But I was like, well, I don't really need the cable because I use Sling. So. It's cheaper for the first year, and then it like quadruples your cost. Oh yeah, it's gonna be like a hundred, probably a hundred something by next year. But shit, I mean, I like little deals like that. Like a <laughs> when we bought our car, it came with like a three month trial to Sirius XM, which I don't usually care for. But bro, they got some channels that me and Chanel are digging. They have like nineties on nine, and then two K on ten. And fuck all the shit, and I was like, "Damn, dude, these are all some like good shit." When I was a kid, and they don't play this on the radio at all. I have to like sync my phone, so it's gonna end on the twenty eighth. Right. We got a letter in the mail that was like, "If you re-sign with us, you'll get the first year for five ninety nine a month. After that, it's twenty. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, let's do that for a year and then cancel." <laughs> like, why not? Because yep. it's not like I need it, but for five ninety nine a month for a year, like fuck yeah. Same thing with HBO Max, dude. I got that for 10 bucks for a month a year. And then when I got this Xfinity bullshit, Peacock is free for me now. So, like, why not? But, uh, yeah, shit. I've loved Xfinity. I've got that. I've got gig speed internet from, um, Xfinity with the XY box. And, yep, me know. too. Well, shit, man. The world has, uh, missed a lot since we've been gone. Well, they've experienced it while we've been gone, but, uh, a WWE legend has unfortunately passed. That would be Reza Ramon. Well, 
Scott Hall. Everyone knows him as Scott Hall. I was a, uh, I remember him as Scott Hall from WCW. I didn't watch him when he was Razor Ramon in WWF in the early nineties, but a lot of people know the name. For those of you that don't, Scott Hall was essentially the one of the one of the heads of NWO. He was the reason WCW was so big. Uh, he and Kevin Nash left WWF in the mid nineties to join WCW. They debuted as the Outsiders. Then they got Hulk Hogan to join their team, and they became the New World Order. And the rest is history. So the story came out like slowly, bit by bit. But I guess from what I read, he had been um, well. First off, Scott Hall has had a problem with drugs and alcohol for like ever since he started wrestling. So he deteriorated fast. Dude was only like sixty-three. He looked like eighty. But I guess according to what I was reading. He um, started drinking again. He fucking fell, fucked up his hip, and he was on the ground for, like, days. Until another another wrestling legend, Diamond Dallas Page, found him. And see, he had actually gotten sober doing um, the DDP yoga or rehab, whatever the Diamond Dallas Page does. He saved a lot of wrestlers from this. But Scott Hall kind of, like, went back on the drinking and started getting worse and worse. And then, yeah, he fell, fucked up his hip. Diamond Dallas Page found him and like they took him to the hospital. And due to the surgery, he ended up having like three heart attacks. So he was on life support when I found out about all this. And Kevin Nash had already made a statement like, yeah, they're going to take him off life support once everything is set in because he's essentially dead. Right. That's the fucking problem. So he already knew it was coming and I pretty much knew it when I was reading it. And then, yeah, the next like day or two i saw that he passed and i was like damn he was pretty young though for like he's 63 he was yeah it's older but he's like that's really young triple h is like 50 something but that was fucking sad and i was like man i remember watching when i was a kid i remember seeing him do him and kevin nash they started the the too sweet thing like the whole wrestlers do it now it's kind of like a common thing but back in the day when it was him sean waltman or x-pac Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Kevin Nash, they were the clique, and, you know, they always went too sweet. That's That was their thing. Then they departed, went to WCW, and Shawn and Triple H had DX in WWE. Nash Hall and Waltman had NWO. Waltman left, went to WWE, joined DX after Shawn left, or if I remember correctly with my history. But uh, I don't have a lot to say about him because, like I said, I didn't watch him growing up until he was in WCW. And, yeah, he was a pretty big name, but unfortunately he isn't mm, He isn't really on the same level as The Rock. He is a WWE legend right. like, twice because he got one for NWO and then one for something else. But if I remember correctly, he is a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Kind of shitty that it happened, though. It's like, fuck, that sucks. All the good guys are going. And it's sad. It really is. It's like, damn, another one. Makes makes you feel old. Well, it does because you got to remember. I actually remember seeing the whole, like, not when Hogan was the third man in WCW, but after the fact when WWE bought them out. And with the Invasion storyline, everyone was expecting Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and all of them to come over. And they didn't because they were on 
guaranteed contracts. So they just stayed home and collected money. Because why the fuck would you if you were like, okay, my company just got bought out. I'm still going to make money if I don't do anything. So why the fuck bother? And that's what they did. And then they, yeah, and they ran out of money. And then, like, literally after the invasion storyline was over and WCW dissolved, then they come back and they brought NWO into the WWE, which didn't work. That's why Steve Austin left and all this other shit. But aside from that, RIP, he's definitely a legend. That sucks. I mean, I like I said, I didn't grow up watching him as Razor Ramon, but I watched his matches, like reruns. Him and Shawn Michaels did a ladder match for the Intercontinental title at it's either WrestleMania 10 or 11, and that match stole the show. That's one of the greatest matches of all time. It's the first ladder match ever. It was fucking awesome. But um, in terms of wrestling talk, I'll do a quick little rundown because there is some stuff that's going on. Uh, WrestleMania is around the corner, fucking two-night extravaganza. I'm really not looking forward to it, but there's some interesting things going on, like uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, winner takes all. They'll unify the belts. Whoever wins is going to become the new Undisputed Champion. Uh, It's been confirmed, which I kind of knew, that uh, (coughs) COVID. Um, It's been confirmed that Cody Rhodes has signed with WWE. Now, I talked about this a little bit in the past, but he left AEW after starting it with, like, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all them. He left due to creative issues, and everybody knew he was going to WWE. Once that rumor leaked, it was, like, confirmed. He signed, like, 10 days ago. So the latest rumor is he's going to debut at WrestleMania. He'll probably have a match with Seth Rollins because... There was a storyline where Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens were like, we're going to be the greatest tag team ever. We're going to go to WrestleMania and win the belts. They fucking lost, and they knew they weren't going to WrestleMania. So Kevin Owens was like, how do I get there? So he had this bright idea of talking shit about Texas for like a whole month. And then he's like, I'm going to call out the biggest fucking piece of trash that represents Texas. I'm calling out Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Stone Cold's like, yeah, you know what? I'll come back and open up a can of a whoop-ass one more time. It's been 19 years since he wrestled, so it's very much not going to be a match. They even said he's a guest on the KO show for WrestleMania. So it's going to be a two-minute shit-talking, and then Steve Austin's going to whoop his ass for like 10 seconds. But I want to see it because I love Steve Austin. He's been asked to return for the past 19 years, and he said no every single time. So this is kind of a special moment. Uh, like I said, I want to see Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. That'll be kind of cool. I kind of want to see Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. So there's a fucking storyline right now where Vince's little protege, this dumbass that looks like um, Ed Boy. His name's Austin Theory. He's the guy I showed you the video that Brock Lesnar like killed him for two seconds, threw him off the top oh, of the yeah. element. Yeah, dude, he comes out and he's talking shit to Pat McAfee, who's the announcer, and he fucking slaps him. And McAvee's just like, I'm going to beat your ass. And he gets up and beats his ass. Now they're in a match. Pat McAvee's not a wrestler. So it's like, oh, God. Whatever. This one has to be laughable, though. For a good two, three months. He was not even a real athlete. Right. He was famous for what? Podcasts? Some sports? He's a a punter. He's like maybe the greatest, one of the greatest punters in NFL history. Well, yeah, but the only reason anyone knows about him in wrestling is because of the fact that he had a podcast where he was talking wrestling. 
Like, yeah, I knew who he was he when I spoke liked, to you about it. He's always liked um, AEW. Yeah, he does. Like, he talks to them. And he, he and Triple H are friends. Yeah, so, like... Triple H is a huge Colts fan. Right. It's one of those things where I'm really not looking forward to it, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it could be an interesting five-minute match. But this one has to be laughable. So, for the last three fucking months, Sami Zayn has had a storyline where he's fucking with uh, Johnny Knoxville from Jackass to promote Jackass, basically. Right. So, a couple weeks ago, Johnny Knoxville interfered on a match and cost Sammy the match, so Sammy lost his Intercontinental title shot. So, he challenged Johnny Knoxville to a match at WrestleMania, and he wants wants it to be a no-holds-barred, like, you know, anything goes. Right. Clearly, first stunts, and Johnny Knoxville accepted, so... Yeah, <laughs> like they always do bunch something with celebrities. Let us say a bunch of non-wrestlers wrestling. Yeah, like okay, dude. Here's the thing: I didn't like it when they did it with Bad Bunny at first, but he actually wrestled. Like he was actually doing shit, and he took bumps. I was shocked by that. He wrestled for a good twenty minutes. No celebrity in history has done that, and I was like, it's fucked up that it's a pop artist that did it, but at least he took it seriously and actually wanted to do it. So. I got to give him credit for that. Um, not a lot going on in AEW right now. Just uh, that um, that Revolution pay-per-view was pretty kick-ass, but that's about it. Um, shit, that's pretty much all I got for a wrestling rundown. But uh, I talked to you about this a few days ago, so I'm, I'm just going to ask you before we go into this. Have you ever seen any Mafia movies? Do you like Mafia movies? I mean, I've watched most of them, yeah. You can't really... Most of them you have to watch. Well, yeah, you have to sit through them. These aren't movies that you just turn on and you're right away blown away by it. Like, you have to watch these a hundred times. And they're like three-hour movies usually. But I thought we'd do a little ranking, kind of like we do with Batman. We'll do like a top five. Because there's a hundred of these movies, probably more. Um, I'll start. I'm going to start with like a... The best to like... The least best, I guess. I don't know. So, for me, number one greatest mafia, mobster, whatever movie of all time is The Godfather Part 2. That's just my opinion. The first one's great. The second one, though, is phenomenal. It's literally, like, like novel to fucking screen. It's amazing, but it's a three-and-a-half-hour movie. Long as shit. But it gives time to develop the characters. It has a better story than the first one, and... Half of the story is what was supposed to be in the first one if you read the book. So it's cool that we got that. That's why I love it. I think of all the mobster movies I've ever seen in my life, this is the one that's like hands down. I could watch it any day and never get sick of it. So that's number one. Number two is for sure Goodfellas, um, Martin Scorsese movie. I was going to put that at number one. Yeah, bro. I was going to say that's why he steals the show in that movie. Most of the like lines people quote are from that movie, like the the best scene ever. Like, what's so funny about me? What am I a fucking clown? I amuse you. Like, that scene is scary as shit, dude. You're like really on edge by it. That he's just like, I'm just fucking with you. Like, he's crazy in that movie. That is a, oh my God. That almost stole number one, but I was like, eh, not as good of a story. It's inspired by a true story, though. That's cool. So, you know, I loved it. I mean, Robert De Niro can't go wrong with him. 
again, it's Martin Scorsese. That guy has made some of the best mafia movies like ever. Um, number three, this one, I kind of had a hard time putting it here, but I got to be fair. It's definitely phenomenal. It's a masterpiece. Um, the Irishman or I heard you paint houses. The newest one that Scorsese did with Pacino, Pesci, and De Niro. That's fucking amazing. It's based off the book I Heard You Paint Houses, which is a not fully confirmed, but it's a I killed Jimmy Hoffa story. So, I mean, it's Jimmy Hoffa. If you don't know who Jimmy Hoffa is, then you're fucking nuts. Like, that's a crazy story. And it has mob ties, and that's what this movie is. It's 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 a movie, too, where Joe Pesci, like, came out of retirement to be in this movie right. and not for like 10 seconds. He's in a good majority of this movie. So it, it's great. And it's the first time in history where we have De Niro, Pesci and Pacino all on one screen with Harvey Keitel or Keitel, however you say his name, a bunch of people. Great fucking movie. That's hands down the best. It's long though. That's a hard one to sit through. That one took me a couple days to finish. Um, number four, Probably, um, man, I'm still kind of fighting over four and five. Number four is definitely uh, The Godfather, the first one. This is, in my opinion, yeah, there's been mafia movies before this, but this to me is the one that started it all. This is the first mobster movie I ever saw, and it's what drew me into it. Great book, great movie, great acting. Everything about it is amazing. This movie today is a masterpiece, so, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. My only issue ever that I had with it was the fact that Al Pacino, this is like one of his early roles and he's just, uh, he's not as good as he is in the second one, but I think that's because he's a developmental character. So you don't really focus on him as much, even though he is supposed to be the focal point, but you end up caring more for Marlon Brando than anything. But uh, yeah, that's number four. Number five um, is Scorsese's Casino. So I feel really biased because, in my opinion, Scorsese's made all the best mafia movies ever. Casino is, if you don't know, it's inspired by a true story. It's basically about how the mafia had their heyday with uh, Las Vegas. Obviously, if you know your history, Meyer Lansky, he is the guy responsible for Vegas. But this is more like later down the road when the Kansas City mob and a bunch of people had their hands in a lot of the early casinos that were up and coming. So good story um it's really not true to the actual story this is totally hollywood and fictional but if you liked goodfellas you'll love casino that's pretty much a reunion in a sense but uh yeah i, I had a hard time because i was like i don't i don't know this one should be higher up but then i'm not even considering like uh some of the other movies that i could have put on my list like uh once upon a time in america heat scarface you that's, know but yeah once upon a time in america is my favorite no, it's a good one, and I'm, like, upset with myself that I didn't put it on there, but if it was a top ten, it would be number six. But anyway, um, yeah. those are my top five. I'm going to give yeah, you one, the mic now. Yeah, Once Upon a Time in America is my number one. It is a good movie. Freaking James Woods. Oh, absolutely, man. He's insane. Um, then I have um, Godfather Part Two. I think Godfather Part Two is better than the first one. Hell yeah. Um, then I have Goodfellas. Then I have the first Godfather, and then um, I couldn't figure out if I wanted to put Mean Streets or Casino. Oh, but they're both I'm good. Pro- I'm probably gonna take Mean 
Streets. Mean Streets is a good one. That's a great this, one. Yeah. This, again, it's the old. Ah, yeah. That's that's. I love James Boyd so much, though. Oh yeah. There's another one I didn't put on there. It's a Coen Brothers movie. Let me look this up. I can't remember, but it's a fucking it's a masterpiece. But I was like, it's just not on my top five. I'm trying to remember the name of it though. Hold on. What the fuck's it called? It's Cohen. It's a Cohen Brothers movie. I know that. Old, old one too, like early '90s. What the fuck? Let me find this movie. It's gonna kill me if I don't figure it out. And like God, they American, made a- Ga- American Gangster by Ridley Scott is like super underrated. That's a good one too. Here, Miller's Crossing. That's a great one. It's the. <clears throat> Tom Reagan, an advisor to a prohibition-era crime boss, tries to keep the peace between uh, mobs, but gets caught in divorce loyalty. So it's like a story with within a prohibition era. So it's definitely mobster. That's a that's a good one. But I just it didn't deserve to be up there in my opinion. Uh, Public Enemies, Johnny Depp, Christian Bell, the John Dillinger movie. That's a fucking good one. But to me, that's not necessarily mobster. That's more like. Robin Hood style, so that's why I didn't put it on there. I didn't put Heat on the top list because that's more of a heist movie than anything. Yeah. And I didn't put my favorite movie of all time, The Departed. That does have a mafia story in it, but it's more about the police and it's about getting information and betrayal. So that's totally different. Uh, Scarface is more of a gangster movie, which falls under the category, sure, but... It just I couldn't put it up there because it was more of a gangster than a mobster movie than anything. I couldn't even put the original Scarface because, bro. We're all about to die. No, I hear some fighting going on outside my unit. <laughs> Speaking of hardcore shit, I just hear people live fighting from, outside. Live from Tony's apartment, two crackheads are currently boxing. I think it's the one-legged asshole that lives across from me. <laughs> Such a prick. He talks so much shit. I'm going to one day. I'm gonna kick his fucking stilt. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, another one. Run. What is he gonna do? Chase you? Yeah, come on, catch up, motherfucker. He acts all hood and shit too. That's what crazy. It's crazy to me. I'm like, yeah, you probably lost your leg. Like, <laughs> speaking of gangster movies, though, like non-mafia related. Um. Boys in the Hood is a fantastic movie. Because it's not mobster related, though, I didn't put it on my list, obviously. If we said gangster, it would have been up there. So is uh, Menace to Society. That's a great one. There's a ton of fucking movies out there that are just fantastic. Smoke and Aces. I love Smoke and Aces. That's totally a mafia movie, but that one's more of like a knockoff of Pulp Fiction. I mean, even Tarantino had some mafia-style movies that were more gangster-related, so that's why I didn't put them up there either. But I love mafia movies, man. Those were, like, my early introduction to, like, great cinema, because I've loved horror films all my life, but <clears throat> mafia movies is where I started really getting into movies, and I had no idea how many there were. You know, I'm just a kid. I've seen Godfather 1 through 3, and I was like, these are great. Didn't know there was a ton out there, you know? I mean, there's... Tons of Pacino movies and shit. Tons of De Niro movies. There's even some that are pretty fucking bad, but they're passable. Like I think there's there's one called uh, it's Kill the Irishman or something like that. It's a true story about an Irish <clears throat> mafia figure uh, had who's the guy that played the Punisher in Punisher Warzone? Uh, British guy Steve. 
Fuck, I don't remember his name. Uh, he's in it, but uh, it's it's a good one. You know, it's it's interesting, but it's kind of like, eh, it's a six, 6.5. I'd say another good one that's 100% Mafia, but I just, I couldn't put it on my list because to me it's a sixer for sure. Uh, Black Mass, the Johnny Depp movie. It's based on the true story of uh whitey bulger which is really good but i just yeah it wasn't good enough to be on my list i was like this is a movie i love but it doesn't blow me away like the godfather does the godfather is good second one's for sure the best the third one a lot of people hate on i don't mind it it's actually pretty good because it's more relevant to like the mob ties into the catholic church and stuff like that so that was kind of interesting it's more of a political story but I actually like the more recent version that they released, which was like about a year or so ago. It was called, um, it's called Coda, the Godfather part three. So it's done the correct way. This is like the Snyder cut for, yeah, Capella. This is the Capella right. cut, but it was done much better. It makes more sense. If you watch it the way it's supposed to be done in his version, the Coda movie, it's way more easy to understand. Done a whole lot better. The sound is much better. The editing is great. So it's like, damn, if they would have released this back then, it wouldn't have gotten like an eh review. Because The Godfather 3 wasn't a disappointment. It actually made money. And it did okay. It's just 20 fucking years later, 30 years later, it was too late for another one. It was like, nah, this is... You don't even have like half the original cast. So like, no one cared, basically. It was just... It had it. It was past its peak. Yeah, the um, my my biggest thing is I don't most of these movies are like two and a half to three hours long. Yeah, I never I never have time to just sit down and watch a movie for three hours. That's the thing. I can't. I just can't do it. Long. Yeah, like two hours for me is pushing it. Two and a half. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to sit down and watch this like in increments. I think the only time I've ever watched a movie that was like that long, like in one sitting was the Godfather part two. Cause that's a three hour, three and a half hour movie. But I sat down and watched the whole thing. Cause it's fucking, that's great. Like it's one that just grabs you. And yeah, there's some moments where it's kind of like mm, slow, but that's all these movies. There's moments that they really don't need. There's like, I bet you there's at least an hour and 45 of footage we can cut, but oh yeah, for sure. it wouldn't add to all the these, realism. All these, all these weird camera shots of just, like, panning down from the roof that takes, like, 14 seconds for the camera to... Yeah, you could take a three-hour movie and make it, like, an hour and 45, basically. <laughs> like, it'd be fine. But they make them so long. Scorsese is known for that. Speaking of which, I watched the Scorsese movie the other night. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's one of his older ones. I think it's pre-Main Streets, or it might be after, 1980, uh, Raging Bull. Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci. It's the biopic about um, a famous boxer uh, who had like a fucking an issue. He had like he was heated all the time. They called him the Raging Bull, the Bronx Bull, and basically his downfall is just who he is as a person. He's abusive to, towards his wife, jealous. And he's just fucking nuts. It's a good movie, but I don't know why they filmed it in black and white. It's 1980, and they filmed it in black and white. That's the shit that got me. I was like, ah, I have a hard time watching black and white movies. I can only forgive it when it's from that time period, and this is clearly not that. 
Because they had Mr. color. Art space pisses me off. Well, they had color film like what, 60s, 70s by then? Right. So, you know, naturally it's like, uh, speaking of color film though, I learned today, I'm, th- I'm this old, The Wizard of Oz is not the first film in color. <clears throat> it's the first like feature film, like grandmaster film. But apparently there's many def- definitions of color for film. And there's been tons of shit before it. I didn't know that. I was always led to believe that The Wizard of Oz was like the first film done in color. But apparently it's the first film that like made a profit. Because back then doing a movie in full on color or Technicolor was like expensive as hell. It like couldn't be done. So this was one of the most expensive movies of its time. And it's still a masterpiece to this day. It's a little quirky. If you watch it now, you're like, this was clearly for when I was a kid. It's still fucking frightening when the witch shows up, though. It's effective. (laughs) She creeps me out, dude. She's like every kid's worst fucking nightmare. She's probably every kid's like stepmom that they hated or like teacher. That's the best way to compare her. She's that person you hate. Growing up as a kid, that's the Wicked Witch of the West or whatever. Oh, yeah. she's we, have a, we have a we have a neighbor here. We call her the Wicked Witch of the West because she's so freaking horrible. Yeah, that person's horrible. If you watch this movie, even as a dog, you're like, this is a terrible fucking person. She does some really horrific psychopathic shit, but it's a kids movie. Even the scenes with the Great Oz dude, like behind his stupid thing, those scared the shit out of me. The big-ass head that's talking. I'm like, this is a creep. The monkeys are terrifying. A little racist, but it's... Yeah, kind of- and, yeah and the freaking the whole... The worst part of it is, like, you see the monkeys literally ripping apart the freaking people. You're it's, like, he's like, oh, my God. It's like being murdered. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And this is... It's supposed to be a kid's movie. You're like, whoa, dude, this is really graphic. It's dark. You know, it's for its time. Speaking of masterpieces, go ahead. Did you ever watch The Tourist with um, Jackie Chan? I think I have, yes, actually. Not for a while. That movie's also pretty good. See, I love Jackie Chan movies. Yeah, Yeah, I like Rush Hour and all that, but I liked before he became famous in Hollywood. I liked his Japanese films. Oh, you know what's freaking... So, um... I don't know if you saw this, but there's this video going around. But you remember that video I showed you of Will Ferrell on the Funnier Dice skit with the, like, three-year-old The girl? landlord, yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> they were talking. They, they had a video, and it was, it's been, like, 10 years. It's been, like, 15 years, I think they said, since that video came out. Oh, and um, they, they were talking with the guy who directed it. That girl is his daughter. And and he's like, oh, I'm just gonna have film with Will. It's just Will It'll be fun. I will release it on this thing, new thing called YouTube, and we'll see how it goes. And his wife is like, you cannot make our daughter a child star. You can't do this. <laughs> We're not gonna do that. Okay, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a small little video. It's not gonna go anywhere or whatever. He said. So we go, we record it, and she does, she'll repeat anything you say to her. So I repeated some things that said she said all the things. It's after he said after one week there were ten million people had seen this video, and Jackie Chan was calling me to get my daughter in a movie. 
Damn. <laughs> See, that's pretty cool. When Jackie Chan's called for you, it's real. He said, but the, he said the best part was a couple weeks later, um, we were sitting here in the we were in the living room and and Pearl comes up and asks mom, asks us for ice cream. And her mom says, No, no ice cream for dinner. And this little girl looked at her mom and said, Give me the ice cream, I'm famous. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, probably got oh, some royalties from that. He goes and he goes, I was in so much trouble with my wife after that. Then one time he said the then a couple months later, we went to a basketball game, and a bunch of these little boys came over to get Pearl's autograph. So Pearl's got a Crayola crayon just drawing circles on people's pages. Imagine being that famous that young. That's crazy. It's kind of creepy, too, when you got adults coming up there. Like, let me get that little girl's autograph. That's insane. <laughs> nah, fucking. I saw this meme about Jackie Chan, and it was like, Dudes who dress like this can get their ass whooped. And he was wearing, like, a really weird silk white shirt. Looked like a female shirt. And it was like, hold on, dude. He can wear anything he wants when literally nobody can kick his ass. <laughs> like, that's just how that works. And it's true. Because Bruce Lee did shit like that, too. He dressed so weird. And I was like, yeah, nobody could fuck. The only person I believe that could whoop his ass was Chuck Norris. And that was it. <clears throat> that's for debate, though. I mean, I debate my boss on that all the time because he's a hardcore Bruce Lee fan, and I love Bruce Lee, too, but I put the two together, and I'm like, I think Chuck Norris could whip his ass. It's Chuck fucking Norris. No one can beat up Chuck Norris. That guy's a fucking legend. Do you know he's like yeah, 80-something? No. Oh, yeah. There, there's no Bruce <clears throat> Lee jokes. The Boogeyman doesn't look under his bed for Bruce Lee. He looks under his bed for Chuck Norris. Dude, I love the Chuck Norris jokes. I had a shirt in high school that said, uh, Chuck, Chuck Norris doesn't have tiger blood. Tigers have Chuck Norris blood. <laughs> or my favorite's yeah. that joke. It's like Chuck Norris's Gmail account is gmail at chucknorris.com. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those jokes are so stupid, but like, dude, it's Chuck Norris. Like, you can't go wrong with that. The only person that even compares to Chuck Norris in like that realm, I guess, would be like Sylvester Stallone. Or Bruce Willis, maybe Schwarzenegger, but I'd say Bruce Willis is up there. The thing is, though, is he's kind of leaped out of action and done, like, all sorts of shit, so you can't really call him an action right. star. Man, this is totally off topic, but I don't know why. I've gone on this really weird, like, end-of-days kick. So, did you ever read Divine Comedy, the long-ass poem? Um, no, I, I I opened the front page, read the front page, and said this is not worth my time. Dude, it's and scary, it actually. Well, see, I didn't know that that was, uh, that was the, the story that talks about Dante's Inferno. Most people know what Dante's Inferno is. I didn't know that, so I was reading it. Yeah, it is really hard to get through. Like the, You're like, thou, thus... Purgatorio, and you're like, God damn it, dude, these words are fucking with me. I had to get like an English edition where they explain shit, like in footnotes. But I was actually reading it, dude, it's frightening, like how he goes to hell and shit. I'm like, damn, this is giving me nightmares. And so I was like, I gotta start watching some like movies about apocalypses and shit. So I went on that Nostradamus effect kick, watching all those movies about like end of days, and it got me thinking, there's a movie with Schwarzenegger in it called End of Days. Did you ever see that movie? Dude, it's um, no, I didn't. It's like unlike Schwarzenegger, dude. So basically, he wasn't in movies for like a couple of years. It's like late 90s, 99, 2000. 
he hadn't been around for a while, but then he was in this movie. It's a horror film. It's not an action movie. He's a cop that's chasing like this weird like crime scene where a priest kills himself, but he cut his tongue out and somehow he spoke to the guy and he's like, how do you fucking speak to me? He has no tongue. So he's investigating like, why was this dude running for me? And this priest has got all this doomsday shit. Meanwhile, the fucking son of the devil or no, the devil himself takes over another person's body and is trying to find a woman that he can create the antichrist with for the end of days. So Schwarzenegger is just this dumb cop that doesn't know that that's what's going on. But he starts to learn it, and he starts to learn that he can't trust people around him because they're all in on this end-of-days shit. He meets a priest who's like, dude, you may be our last hope. Like, you're human, yeah, but nobody else is going to fight this shit. And it's supposed to happen on Y2K. It's a movie that didn't do really well for obvious reasons, and it's it's Schwarzenegger, but it was actually good. I was like, dude, this movie's fucking frightening. It's a scary-ass movie with an action star, so it's kind of weird. It's worth checking out if you ever see it. I saw it on uh, Pluto the other day just because I wanted to rewatch it, but I remember seeing it as a kid, like in theaters. My dad took me because he knew how much I loved Schwarzenegger, and oh my God, I shit myself, dude, watching that because I thought I was going to see Terminator. I went and saw The Exorcist with Arnold Schwarzenegger, dude. It was fucking frightening. <laughs> I'm surprised it's not a movie that's as good as it feels. Like, it's one of those movies where everyone talks about it, like, yeah, it's passable. It's We can forget it. But I'm like, dude, why? It's Schwarzenegger in The Exorcist. That's what it is. But that's kind of funny when you think about it. You're like, yeah. <laughs> no! End of days! They're calling me! <laughs> that's what oh, it is. No, get, get the holy water. That was bad. That was, I, dear God. Get to the chopper, now! But see, I love old Arnold Schwarzenegger. Commando, amazing. Total Recall, fucking love it. Terminator movies. Nothing is better than Kindergarten Cop. I like that one. I love True Lies. That's a good one, too. That's a James Cameron movie. Kindergarten Cop is one of my favorite movies of all time. They fucked all that up and made a sequel with Dolph Lundgren. What's the matter? I've got a headache. It could be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> I like when he yells at him. Shut up! <laughs> Dude. I'll eat your lunches. <laughs> I'll eat everybody else's lunches. Dude, like, I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger. I loved action movies when I was a kid. I... I was aware that they were stupid because my dad was even like, these are so retarded. I don't know why you like these. But I loved them. I loved Rambo. I loved Cliffhanger. I loved Rocky. I love all those movies with Schwarzenegger and Stallone. And I even liked uh, Van Damme. Jean-Claude Van Damme was pretty cool to me. I loved Chuck Norris. Uh, Not really into the Expendable movies. They're all right. Like, the first one's cool. If you like all those action stars, the first one's like, I got to see it. The rest are just... It's like fucking stabbing yourself in the eye, dude. It's fucking rough. A bunch of 80-year-old dudes with MMA fighters who thought they'd make a movie. And now they're making another one. So I'm like, oh, that's great. The third one didn't hurt enough. I like... Okay, hold on. Let me retract my statement. Sylvester Stallone did a pretty badass movie. And that was Last Blood, the final Rambo movie. It was better than I thought it was going to be because... I'm totally aware of the fact that Rambo 2, 3, and 4 are like shit in comparison to the first one. 
The first one's not really an action movie. It's a real movie about a veteran being harassed by cops. Every time someone says some shit about cops and white people, I'm like, dude, if you think that cops don't target white people, you've clearly never heard the story of John J. Rambo. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, two, three, and four are like dumb in comparison. But this last one that came out was actually good. The story's about how like this girl he's raising gets kidnapped going to see her mother or her parents in Mexico and she's put into slavery for sex trafficking. So John Rambo, 80 years old, is like, I gotta go find her. They whoop his ass and send him home packing. So then he's like, fuck this, man. And he starts like killing some of them. He waits for them to come to his property and he like blows the fucking world up. Like, it's a story that's unlike a Rambo movie because aside from the first one, the rest of them are all the same. He has to go to a country and save the day. This one's not like that at all. It's very much like the first one. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. Is anyone going to be talking about it 50 years from now? Probably not. The first two, for sure. Everyone hates on the third one. I liked it because I liked seeing Rambo kill Russians. That was cool. Uh, Speaking of Russians, uh, I don't think a lot of people have ever seen the movie Red Dawn. They should probably start watching it to take notes. You might want Charlie Sheen and the ghost of Patrick Swayze on your side. That's a good fucking movie, dude. Like, I forgot how much I loved it until I watched it the other day. And I was like, yeah, I remember this movie. This was a crazy movie. It's weird because it's got all these young stars that are fucking, like, legends now. Whether you like them or not, they're household names. It's a good movie. But every time I talk about Red Dawn, like, <laughs> he's great. I love him, dude. He's probably the best part of that whole movie. But the fucking shit that makes me mad is everyone, when I talk about it, they're like, oh, you mean that stupid movie with Josh Beck and Liam Hemsworth? And I'm like, no. God damn it. That one's some bullshit, because it was supposed to be about China, and China got mad as fuck. So they made him change it to North Korea. And I was like, what? What in the hell? That's how deep those ties go. Yeah, speaking of... Well, speaking of China, I'm really looking forward to Maverick, uh, Top Gun 2. It hasn't been released for like four fucking years for issues with China, Um, but I still want to see it because Top Gun's one of the greatest movies of all time, so I'm looking forward to it. Probably. Probably. It's probably going to suck. I mean, it's got Miles Teller in it. It's still probably going to be gay, but I got to see it. You know... Speaking of Top Gun, you remember Val Kilmer was in the first one. Um, I didn't know that Val Kilmer had throat cancer or that he was still alive. Uh, I saw this movie called I Am Val on Prime. It's a documentary about him, but it's done with narration by his son because clearly he can't talk. He's got the fucking thing in his throat. But all all the clips are of his career. Apparently, since an early age in Broadway... He recorded a lot of his experiences with like fellow actors like Kevin Bacon and shit. Dude, it's a good movie. It made me really like Val Kilmer because I never really cared for him. He was cool and he loved him in Tombstone. Batman Forever kind of made me think like, you know what? I don't care about him anymore. I thought he was just making shitty straight to DVD movies after that. And like I said, I didn't know he was still alive and apparently he doesn't have much long left. But uh, it was a good movie. You got to check it out. Like I said, it's on Prime and it's not bad. I don't know if you like documentaries, but, you know, it's 
pretty decent. Yeah, camera's good. Well, I'm not much of a documentary guy. A lot of people think that's weird, but I just don't really care for documentaries unless it's like dumb shit. So, like, people love documentaries about um, what's that famous case that Chanel's always talking to me about? The little pageant girl that died, and everyone thinks the mother did it, and they never found the killer. Um, God damn it, little blonde girl, but I never cared for that shit. But I love documentaries like uh, The Last Days of Elitches, like in New Orleans before like the, you know, the Hurricane Katrina. Or I love the documentary about Coke and Pepsi because I didn't know Pepsi was designed to compete with Coke because Coke was for middle class families. Pepsi was supposed to be for lower income people. And it makes sense because only poor people still drink Coke. I mean, Pepsi, sorry. And Coke, really. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I love Coke, but when I'm being told to be less white, it's like, come on, man. As he drinks, <laughs> he's like, well, anyway, motherfucker. <laughs> or, it dude, tastes, I love. No, it's amazing. It's, it's one that, of the greatest. It doesn't taste better than this. Yeah. Yeah. Double red cola. Oh, my God. But I love documentaries. Like, I watched one about the creation of aspirin and ibuprofen. Like, dude, I love you know stupid documentaries like that. No, I used to watch so much the freaking how it was, how it's made. Yeah, those those are cool. I like those. You used to just walk in, like you'd be like, "What are you watching? This is so stupid." And then three and a half hours later, four episodes through, you're like, "Oh, so that's how they make Jolly Ranchers." <laughs> yeah, or like the, I watched a documentary on Monopoly, how it was created and why, and all that, and everyone. Around me is like, this is so stupid. Why are you wasting your time? I'm like, dude, this is a good documentary. Or I watched one that was really interesting. It's about a um, a hostel or flop house, whatever you want to call it, in New York. It's one of the like famous last standing ones that basically people go to live in a room where the walls are just chicken cages. And they got roaches and bed bugs. And it's like fucking, it looks like the inside of my toilet. Uh, I watched. You're still paying 1300 bucks a month. Yeah, dude. In the documentary, they're like talking to the clerk there who's like clearly fucking poor. He lives there outside of working. They're talking to the custodian dude who also lives there. He's like talking about. So he takes you to his chicken coop. That's what I'm going to call him because it's chicken mesh wire. He right. takes him to his chicken coop. All his stuff is saran wrapped. He's like, oh, this keeps the roaches out. And you see fucking rats and shit on his bed, and you're like, oh. That's gross. I can't remember the name of the documentary, but I was watching it and I was like, fuck, man, I'm glad I don't live there. That <laughs> sucks. But it's still standing and it's been around since like the beginning of time. And that's what it was meant for was people that needed to pay for one night. Now people are paying every night. And that is like all they'll ever know. There's like people with no teeth living there. <laughs> people with no teeth and no legs. <laughs> it was a fucking, it was a circus act. I was like, man, this is crazy. But Again, documentary like that gets my attention. But if you talk to me about a documentary about the murder of Princess Diana, I'm probably not going to give a shit. That's a good case. That's nope. an interesting one, but I don't fucking care to watch anything about it. I, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't care about those jack wagons. Like, I don't either, yeah. We fought a whole goddamn war to get away from those people. I don't like, not have to deal with them anymore. Or, bro, like I love Nirvana, but I don't care to see a documentary about Kurt Cobain. I really don't like I'm 
So have you seen have you seen that freaking have you seen that um TikTok where this girl goes, guys, this is a message for you guys. Guys, take take shoot your shot. Some dude puts a gun in his head, gun in his mouth, and some goes, no, no. For those people on my side of on our side of TikTok, she was not talking about you. Do not Kurt Cobain yourself. I like the meme. It's like, says he doesn't believe in guns. Hypocrite. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it is, though. I mean, like, yeah, I just won't watch a documentary on that. But I will watch a documentary on the guy that made, like, the first ever Gibson guitar or something like that. Like, to me, that shit's interesting. That's cool. When we went to the museum recently, dude, they had a whole fucking exhibit on guitars. I was the only one excited about it. Everyone else was walking, looking down, like, oh, that's cool. Ding, ding. Me, dude, I'm like, oh, my God, a fender, a three-headed, like, just different shit. Look at the strings. Like, I was so excited. Not just because I love guitars, but I was like, dude, this is history. This is rich history. And even Olivia was looking at it like, where's the app? And I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> fucking kids, dude. They're like. Did I ever tell you? I think I've told you this like a million times here, or maybe not on the show, but Olivia has no idea what commercials are. To her, they're ads. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? She's like, what's a commercial? Told her about it. What's cable? I'm like, God damn, you've never. Oh, wow. She's a streaming kid. Privileged kid. She is very privileged because I told her about how basically I had that conversation. I was like, dude. I wanted to listen to music. She's like, oh, did you have an iPad? And I was like, no. Did you have iTunes music? No. What about YouTube? I'm like, kind of, but they didn't play music. And she's like, well, then how did you listen to music? I'm like, I went to the store and I bought the fucking CD. She's like, okay, but what if you wanted to listen to a song from somebody else? I'm like, you went to the store and bought that one. So that sounds very complicated. (laughs) I was like, LimeWire. What you do is you take your tape or you take your um, recorder. And you call KYGO and say, hey, can I, you play this song? Then you wait 30 minutes. Your song comes on. Right when it starts, you hit the record button on, yes. your, on your little recorder. Or record it on your CD. And then you burn it to the CD and then you can listen to it. And it sounds like absolute crap. It sounds terrible. It sounds like Hunter Thompson's audio player, dude. Like It's bad. It's like listening to it on a camcorder from the 90s. In fact, I was telling her, like, if daddy was going to make a podcast when he was growing up, the only feasible way to do it financially is to go buy a bunch of cassette tapes, tape over the front part, stick it in the radio, and then record with a cheap microphone. And she was like, that sounds illegal. And I was like, well, it is. It's highly illegal. <laughs> at least at that time. I don't think anyone gets a fuck now. In fact, if they saw a tape, they'd be like, what is this, 99? Like, what the fuck? Times have changed, dude. That's crazy. Like, I remember, so the reason, like, the reason I have so many movies is because I collected them as a kid. And Chanel was like, how do you have so many movies and shit? Like, even before you met me, and I was like, well, we didn't have Netflix as kids, obviously. Like, when you wanted a movie, you went and bought it to watch it. It wasn't anywhere but on TV. And you had to wait for a certain time. So you had to go buy these physical things. And now I'm crazy because I want to go buy the physical thing, but you can just watch it on Netflix or Prime or whatever. And I'm like, no, I want a physical copy. Because, again, I had to do that. Like, I couldn't just watch any movie I wanted. Now I can, which is a good thing. If you're thinking about a movie, you're like, let's look it up on IMD. It'll tell me where to find it, if I can watch it for free or not. 
Yeah, back then, dude, you had to go to Best Buy for a movie or the flea market. That was like very different times. Very much a struggle, and I appreciate it now. That's why I don't mind streaming. But it's also like, man, you kids are so fucking privileged. You can look up anything you want, and yet you're still sad. <laughs> like, you have the whole world in front of you, and you still complain. I had to clean my room. A little bit, dude. Like, these kids get iPads and Xboxes, and I'm like, man, fucking... When I was eight, I got to watch my uncle get drunk and collapse in front of me. Like, that was the only entertainment I ever got. But fuck, um, I hate to cut this short, but my ass has got to be up early for a party, birthday party. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. If you like what you heard here and you want to hear more, especially of Shadow, um, you can. <laughs> I hear Shadow like, get off the fucking show. <laughs> She's like, come on, dude. Belly rubs. <laughs> but uh, if you guys like what you heard here, check us out at thegreatgirthpodcast.com. Again, for all the deaf people in the back, that is thegreatgirthpodcast.com. I am Tony. Austin, sir, I will see you on Friday. Adios.